0: I'm Brian Jennings for the Source Weekly, and we're talking about Central Oregon's Underworld Cave System and the Redmond Caves, with Greg Curry of the BLM and Matt Skeels of the Oregon High Desert Grotto. This is SourceCast.
1: Well, as Redmond grows and people look for outdoor activities to do, you know, this is certainly close by. It's within the city limits of Redmond, uh, so and it's always been a fairly popular place for people to go. I think we're probably getting a more varied mix of people visiting here and people maybe from not Redmond but from outside of Redmond.
0: There's a series of what, five caves in here and it's uh it's 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 ancient.
1: Yeah, I think there's five uh separate lava tubes. Uh it's a special place. I mean, in Central Oregon you don't have that many of these. And certainly close to Redmond, you know, out east of Bend, and and there are other places where there's a a greater concentration of lava tubes, but certainly right here, close to Redmond, it is a fairly unique geologic feature, historical, Mm -hmm. interesting place for native plants, uh, native wildlife. So it's only 40 acres, but it, it it does have a lot of interesting Features because it is a cave site. Caves are kind of a little microcosm of a variety of very interesting features, both historic and natural.
0: Evidence of mankind here for thousands of years. How were these caves used?
1: Um, my guess is they were used as kind of stopover place, um, and I think there's evidence, certainly within recent history, of people using this when they came to Redmond and they still camped here. Historically, camped here while they were either visiting Redmond, you know, folks from Warm Springs or other uh, places. But, but I don't know exactly how the site was used specifically. It's not close to the river, but I my guess is it was a stopping point mm-hmm.
0: along the travel route, probably. Yeah. Matt, you've gone through here. You have your your hat on. Yeah, <laughs> You're well, ready well, to well, go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> What's your special interest in in these caves?
2: Well, I started back in about 2003 and my interest was you know i had grown up around the caves near bend you know horse cave was a very popular cave kind of like this where it's near to the city and it's just a, an unknown place with you know not too many stories about it so you you're kind of lured into exploring the unknown there's that that mystery factor what have you
0: found in your explorations
2: <laughs> well in the club i'm known as the, the the cave finder or some call me the bloodhound so i I found quite a a number of caves over the years, but uh, probably the two biggest cave finds I I found are uh, you know these caves uh, that are really they got some superb formations in them. You know they got uh, large sand castles that you just don't find anywhere else. Uh, There, if if they existed before, they're destroyed now, like they were in Lava River Cave. Uh, Another cave I found was a a vertical cave, so it's about a sixty foot drop, but it's accessed through a very small diameter hole like you know it's so narrow that you have to raise your arms up above your your shoulders to even squeeze through it and you have to have a whole vertical pulley system just to be safe and get people out of there.
0: As you've gone through these caves here in Redmond what what are the special unique characteristics of these caves? Why, why are they special to you?
2: Oh definitely for me it's, it's the mystery it's they provide a very unique environment that you can't find anywhere else uh, there's always the, the element of surprise and finding something else that nobody else has found. And, you know, I've definitely done that in, in my explorations and discoveries. But, you know, for other members, it's like New Washington, you know, he does a lot of invertebrate work. So he finds, you know, new critters all over the place, uh, such as spiders or millipedes or, you know, harvestmen. It's just really fascinating what you can find in a cave that nobody else has ever laid their eyes on.
0: So it's an element of mystery, <laughs> oh, <laughs> trying yeah. trying to discover something that uh, has been hidden here for years.
2: Yeah, I think that's also true for the general public. You know, they're less experienced with the case, but it, it still holds true. They they go in here not knowing what to find, and, and if they don't have a teacher pointing out everything, you know, every every little thing that they see is just, what's that? Or what's this? You know, yeah. it's, it's a question mark everywhere you look.
0: Describe this particular cave for us here.
2: Uh, this cave is probably about 400 feet long. It's the biggest cave in the redmond caves, and by that i mean you know you can easily walk around in it for the full length of the cave and it doesn't go very far but it does have a little fork at the end where the passage kind of splits and immediately ends but uh yeah it's definitely you can see it's well well trampled down there's a well-worn path through here lots of visitors that frequent this cave uh the occasional boulder well the caves are a part of the uh What's called the horse lava tube system, and that's a a lava flow that has created this series of caves that happened about 80,000 years ago. And so, this is one of the last few cave segments in that system, and and that's what I think of when uh, I look at these caves. That's my expertise in knowing about this. But uh, these caves definitely have been used by the Native Americans, Uh, they've been here much. Much longer than we have, uh, and have had a long history with these caves.
0: So eighty thousand years was that from Polina, basically?
1: Yeah, Newberry yeah. Volcano.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: So you have you have Lovitude systems that stretch all the way yeah. through here, although you only have surface surface access in relatively few, yeah. you know, locations. And I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, this is probably the furthest furthest north cave, the cave of that system.
2: There's one little straggler over that way, but yeah, uh, there's rumors that there's also uh, a buried lava tube in the dry canyon that has no access. Uh, it would be pretty far down yeah.
0: though. Yeah. Greg, as we as we look at something like this, which is just uh, actually a, a treasure, management is becoming critical uh, for places like this. And what is your vision for the management of caves like this and, and what the significance of this really means to people?
1: As we manage caves, we're, we are held to certain standards through the Federal Cave Resource Protection Act. This cave was nominated for listing as a significant cave back in probably the early 90s by mm-hmm. the Willamette Valley Grotto of the National Speleological Society and it was designated as such by the BLM and you know we have we have certain management guidelines in place in in our plans uh, but I think really where this cave is unique is that it's within the city limits of Bend or city Redmond. limits of Redmond yeah. sorry no and problem. so and so and so Really, given that circumstance, I think the management vision for this cave really is working in partnership with other groups, Um, certainly the High Desert Grotto. Um, We work with the Oregon Military Department does some work for us here, Uh, uh, Central Oregon Intergovernmental Council. We used them to construct the fence around the site to close the, Motor vehicle traffic coming into this 40-acre site, reduce the dumping, things like that. So we have a wide range of partners. Archaeological Society of Central Oregon is another one, um, and I know I'm forgetting a number of folks. Mm-hmm. But but um, it really is about partnerships and and working with the city of Redmond, who because the city of Redmond has expressed interest in in helping to manage this site, and um, and I think that's appropriate given that it's it's right in the city limits. Mm -hmm. You know, I think in the short run, uh, the things that we've done here, um, have been fencing the site, cleaning up a lot of the large scale, Mm. you know, garbage dumps. And historically there was a lot of stuff. There was a lot of stuff here. There was some stuff that I believe was pushed onto the site from neighboring properties. Um, uh, and really looking at it, we, you know, we got signs up. We're trying to We're trying to inform people about the site and make it a place for people to come to learn about cave resources and natural resources and history. I think that's the major goal is to keep it, to keep it mostly a natural site, a natural park. That is a unique thing. To have within the city limits of Redmond.
0: Matt, what is your um, what is your vision with the High Desert Grotto, and and what is ahead for this this system and this cave, these cave systems?
2: Uh, Well, it's very comparable to the work I've done on the Section Eleven Caves in Bend, which is a you know basically a a square mile land that has uh, eight caves on it, and and so you have uh, basically an encroaching urban growth boundary that's creeping up on these caves and the people that live there are finding out about them and you're going to have a increasingly bigger management problem with the, the people that are going to be accessing these caves and and you have to educate them and, and basically tell them how to go caving and what is a, a proper way to go caving, what not to do, what to do.
0: What, what are some of the fine guidelines?
2: <laughs> well... <laughs> You know, one of the common ones uh, is uh, don't light a fire in a cave. It, it's kind of just common sense, you know. I mean, these caves are pretty well ventilated, but generally speaking, you don't want to go into a enclosed area and start a fire and decrease your oxygen levels. <laughs> uh, but it, it, mar- it marks the cave up with the smoke. Of course, you don't want to trash the cave up and, and bring in your beer bottles and, and, and litter it with broken glass. That's always a problem. Similar stuff like that, that's what is not to do. Uh, things that we do encourage is you know wearing a helmet so you don't bonk your head and bringing backup lights so in case one light goes out you got to spare and of course uh, one of the things as a grotto member we we try to stress is you know try to keep your hands off of stuff you don't know if what you're touching is fragile if it's you know gonna grow back and and with lava tubes generally speaking what you see there is If you break it, it's gone for good. It doesn't grow back like a limestone cave.
0: So in other words, take a good look, enjoy it, but uh, leave no trace.
2: Exactly. Leave no trace is the best motto for it.
0: I'm Brian Jennings for The Source Weekly, and you've been listening to Sourcecast. Also online at bendsource.com.